Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to share with you um, a couple of recordings. I sat down with Helen Pollock. You may remember Helen, she was also the co-host with me on the Women Property series. But uh, her day job, so to speak, is uh, she's also known as the Content Doc. Uh, so thecontentdoc.com if you want to look her up. And she's very prominent on LinkedIn as well, as you'll probably hear in our recording. But um, we thought we'd talk about content creation and content sharing. As I say, split over two weeks, uh, so two parts. This first part today, what we're going to talk about is just the general concept of creating content and sharing content, which if you're involved in, in business in any way, uh, or you have a personal brand, or you need to connect with clients or investors, is going to be relevant to you. So we just had a general conversation, uh, the kind of media that you might want to use, uh, the purpose of content sharing, uh, and things like that, really. So I, I won't really go into it too much. I think I'll, we'll kick in straight into the conversation, let you hear that, and I'll be back at the end to wrap up. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Helen. Hi, Richard. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you doing? really well thank you fantastic well this is this is a bit of an experiment isn't it we're, we're going to do so mm. what i had a crazy idea and um you're up for anything it seems so we with <laughs> yeah, within reason yeah, just, within reason <laughs> yeah, so come on this is going out to the public so um so i had a crazy idea and you very kindly agreed to play along with it. So we're going to have a little bit of a, a maybe a two-parter here, I suspect, because I've thrown a curveball at you because part one, what I wanted to do is just talk about content creation, uh, content sharing. Um, and you know that's just the theme. And then we'll have a little chat about it and how it could be relevant. Obviously, this is in the context. I will come at it from a property type of angle, but I'm sure... Aubrey, you you've got experience beyond property, so it's it's business, it's you know anything really, isn't it? I guess. So yeah, absolutely. I'll, that will be part one of our conversation. So this this particular episode, and then um, if you're still talking to me at the end of that, um, <laughs> I think you're going to put me in a hot seat, aren't you? And maybe do a bit of coaching um, around yeah. some of my own content. Is that right? Absolutely. So then um, hopefully that will be helpful to people. They'll be able to understand the process that I usually go through um, to help people find their story and tell it in an engaging and relevant way. That's what it's all about. So, yeah, it's probably relevant actually to start there because you say what the process you usually go through. So just just set the context about what you're doing at the moment, who you're helping and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so um, my business is The Content Doc, and um, I'm a ghostwriter and uh, non-fiction and business book coach as well. So um, my background was mostly PR, so I've written professionally for you know, 20 years or so. And um, now I either I 
tell people's stories for them or if they want to write their own story but need a bit of support and often it's accountability <laughs> um, then I can help them that way as well so yes does accountability mean an arm around the shoulder or a kick up the backside? Depends what you need. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely more carrot than stick, I'd say. No. Uh, and I like to make the process fun. Um, I don't think, you know, it, uh, one of the things that people, one of the things that people really struggle with when they're wanting to write a book is a feeling of overwhelm. It's like this is a, like a massive undertaking it feels like Mount Everest is facing me and I just don't know where to start. So I try to break things down into manageable chunks and yeah, make it fun. Life's too short. So um, yeah, might as well enjoy the process. Absolutely. I always think it's great when your real character comes out in our conversations. Um, um, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to try and get that big giggle of yours on, on, uh, on camera so at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go that's just made yourself conscious hasn't it so <laughs> <laughs> but no I think it's, well you said you make it fun and you are you are you do make it fun so I've been through a number of processes with you already so I can say that uh, it is enjoyable um to go through it so there we go right so what maybe we should start with um you mentioned book but I, I kind of want to take the conversation more broadly into content yeah so um, first of all, uh, why should why would somebody want to create and share content? What, what would be you know good reasons to do it at all? Yeah, so um, I suppose I, I should also say I also help people with general business content, um, and the reason that that's become so important is um, really it's the rise of the personal brand. Um, so. Uh, for a number of years, people have wanted to feel more connected on a personal level with the businesses that they interact with and, and obviously, you know, buy from. Um, so with, you know, a personal brand. So that means that business people um, now have personal profiles on social media and that kind of thing they're not necessarily hiding behind their sort of company name in a very corporate um and sort of you know dull dull corporate exterior um people want to know well fundamentally people buy from people right know that to be the case mm -hmm. and so it's really important that business people are putting out uh projecting their real character so that your prospects and clients um are moving along what we call the no like trust journey which they have to go along before they will buy from you so um, that's kind of what it's about um there's an oft shared stat about like there being something like two billion blog posts shared every day do you know what that is from 2011 right so it's much much more than that now so not only is content sharing important because we want to share our, our personality um and who we are with our audiences um but our audiences are being assailed 
by content left, right and centre. So our content needs to be authentic and it needs to stand out. It needs to be engaging and it also needs to be relevant to our audience. Um, so, yeah, that's hopefully a rather long winded. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you've, you, well, that, was, that was a really good answer. And you took me into a couple of areas I was already thinking about taking you into. And you mentioned things like authenticity. Well, you said being authentic, for example, and people buying from people and not hiding behind a corporate brand. Um, so I get all of that absolutely makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so it's, um, it's essentially, I guess, content for the sake, for business purposes, mm-hmm. making a personal connection um in in what is quite a noisy uh environment in fact just to pick up that point what is content and you know what is it it's not just uh you mentioned blog posts there and we started with a book but we could probably just rattle off between us uh, a whole bunch of content couldn't we absolutely i mean content is um social media posts content is um articles whether short form or long form i I heard the horrible word listicle recently listicle (laughs) sounds like an infection i know well it was a word association um it was uh on a podcast um and the host uh has a marketing word association game and um oh my word he said listicle I, I said waticles, but I could very easily have just said testicles. They, that I was glad what to do. Anyway, <laughs> a listicle is an article in sort of list format. Ah. So, you know, this is your kind of five, five ways to do X, top 10 reasons for why. And I'd never heard that, even though, you know, I have, I, I have written many listicles myself. Um, but, yeah, the, so another thing is, uh, you know, video is really important right now. That's another form of content. And people might be surprised because, you know, I'm a professional writer to know that my primary form of content is actually video. The, you know, what I put out on social media is video. Um, and the reason for that is because it's really engaging and it's probably a little bit more unexpected for a writer to do that. So you don't see many, um, you know, ghostwriters, book coaches actually putting videos out. Well, there's, there's probably something around seeing a ghost writer there. I could take you down, isn't there? But um, <laughs> spooky. But um, <laughs> The uh, no, I think you're right. There's and then there's 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 other uh, there's uh, other sort of uh, imagery, isn't there? Besides video, there's, so there's the yeah. so. I'll give you an example. Uh, so people take in information in different ways, don't they? I mean, they've got a preference. Um, it could be words. It could be um, graphics. It could be you know move, motion. You know imagery it could be static imagery. It could be they like to touch things. Yeah. And have sort of kinesthetic things. So people like to take in information in different ways. So therefore, having your content, uh, I'm probably leading you in a direction, but having your content, which can be maybe touching a number of different uh, media formats, it's probably a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and the other thing is, um, I think people get themselves into a bit of a pickle when it comes to business content creation. Because they they worry about, you know, that they're going to need to create a massive volume of content. Um, And I've really worked on creating my own content um, over the past, I don't know, 
four months or so. And I've actually amassed a right little um, array of content that I can reuse. But actually, if you go back to the beginning and start with your customer avatar, work out um, kind of pain points for your customer avatar, then that leads you on to themes. And so I would say, I don't know, um, create uh, a video about writer's block and how to overcome it. Um, I would then write an article off the back of that as well and pop that on my website um, as a blog post. And then I would be able to create several social media posts pointing people to that blog post or you know, using the video and I, I can send the video or, or a link to the article or both in an email to my email list. So you have to be really clever about repurposing too, I think. Yeah, so that, that word repurposing. So it's, it's the, the idea of taking one media format and then translating it into another format so that you can use it more than once. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. And the other thing uh, is, if you, people, again, get really hung up about, oh, I can't, can't post the same thing twice. Of course you can. Um, the algorithms for social media are such that, you know, people that, who have seen one of your posts, they, well, they might not have seen others um so you can confidently repost content obviously you're not you know going to put the same thing out every day or something but you know if you put it out a month ago it's fine stick it stick it out again or you'll probably get a whole different group of people seeing it it's okay well i'm glad you said that i mean and um so you can so just to drill that down you mm. can repost the same content or a variation of the same content on the same media platform more than once, as you just said. So maybe a month down the line, maybe six months down the line, and therefore you are leveraging that content in the same media platform. But what you can also do, of course, is, so if I take you, I've seen your videos. Uh, so you're doing a number of videos on LinkedIn at the moment, which, um, by the way, because I'm seeing them all, I'm probably commenting them, I get fed them as well. I, they come on my feed. Um, so the, it becomes, um, I think the algorithms learn what you like and they feed you more of it, don't they? Yes. So, so I've, I've been following you and I'm trying to, you know, support what you're doing because I believe in what you're doing. And um, so therefore I'm liking and commenting on your videos, but just drifting away from that, what I really like is you do a video, which also has uh, like a, a caption, doesn't it? It has the transcription on the screen. So what you've got there, of course, is you've got, You've got the visual, you've yeah. got the audio, but if people, for whatever reason, uh, for perhaps they're in an office or a public space, uh, uh, don't have headphones, um, can't listen to the audio, then you've got the words playing on the screen. That's really neat, isn't it? I think you have to do it, Richard. Um, and I've I, someone told me um, that you should always caption videos. Um, and literally, it's like a couple of US dollars for um, to caption a short video. It's, it's one US dollar a minute for Rev.com. Yeah, you're using Rev, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's really accurate. It's human captioning, not machine captioning. Um, so it's very accurate. But I really noticed a difference. 
um, they say something like eighty percent of people watch videos on social media without the volume, so on mute because. Right. You know, sorry. What percentage? Sorry. Eighty percent or something. Oh wow! Okay. And not only that, um, so you know, I, I took that as as read, but. Um, on the rare occasion I haven't captioned a video and there was I think there was one I posted the other week where I didn't caption it and the number of viewers was right down on what it would be normally so I think that is correct yeah very good uh, and this this is video obviously um, and it's going to go on a podcast so that's predominantly audio format so even though you and I are looking at one another, there is video content. It's going to be, uh, the, we'll just have the audio extracted, mm -hmm. which will go to the podcast. Um, the video, with your permission, will go on YouTube. Yeah, um, no problem. That's, that's two formats and two platforms. And then um, there will be a transcription using the said rev.com, mm -hmm. which will appear as the show notes on as a blog post on the WordPress site. So it's at least three, and it will be promoted using social media um, yeah. across all of the channels that I use and probably you use. Mm. So it's going to be repurposed, to your uh, phrase, um, multiple times, isn't it? And the some people watch the video. Some people see a clip on social media. Some people will listen to the podcast. Others will read the blog post. I've actually... Somebody told me recently they actually scan read the blog, the blog transcription because it's quicker than than listening to the podcast for them. I hate, I hate to say it, Richard, but I don't listen to podcasts because I don't have those pockets of time like commuting or going to the gym. I don't do those things. Um, so from and I'm a much yeah, it's much quicker for me to read. So I don't I, I do enjoy podcasts but only if they have transcripts yeah no i mean it, it it just i think it just re-emphasizes the point about having different formats um i mean I, I obviously i'm known now for my podcast but i um i'm trying to get into different media so video is a big new one for me uh when i'm trying to get into it just to maybe pause on that before we get into because i want to come back to something you said earlier about and I'll, I'll let you think about it you said something about avatars and pain points earlier and i want to come back to that but before we sort of move away from the, the, the platforms, let's just maybe talk about them because I often ask people, what are the, what are the sort of main um, search engines um, that people can post content to? And when I say search engines, I would include things like um, word search as one generic one rather than listing all of the individual ones. But between us, we could probably rattle off what the main places where people find content are. Do you, should we have a little bat and ball between us and see who wins? Well, not know who wins, but who's the last person standing? Oh, my word. That's so first. So, shall I go first or should you go first? You go first. Oh, great. Okay. So, I'm going to go first. So, I'm going to say uh, Google being the top word search um, platform. I'm going to say YouTube, which is the second biggest search engine. There we go. Well, I think I'm going to lose this already because I didn't know what the order is. So I'm going to say Facebook as probably the biggest user base for social media. Uh, I'd have to go LinkedIn, which is my primary social media channel. 
There we go. So uh, I will now go, because I'm a podcaster, I'm going to go with iTunes as a great search engine for uh, uh, audio content. Yeah. Um, I think I'll have to mention Instagram. Yeah. For uh, photos and stuff. Photos and images, yeah. I'm running out now. Uh, I'm now going to go with Amazon um, as the written words, you know, for, for books in particular, which probably gives you a clue of where you could come back there. Well, yeah, um, I think maybe um, like Goodreads. That's a good one. That's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're reaching there. <laughs> so where else was I going to go? So um, I, probably when I have this sort of conversation, we kind of, we get that. So people normally go Google, Bing and Yahoo, and they, you, they get focused on that type of search engine. But what we're trying to illustrate is a multimedia platform. So I think, I think some ones to watch personally, I have no idea how to um, leverage them particularly at the moment. If I am leveraging one already, but I don't think it's bringing a great deal. One is Spotify. Oh, yeah. So Spotify is kind of the new iTunes, isn't it, in a way, uh, for, for music content. Uh, but they also have podcasts. Um, so that's that. And then um, so I'm, I'm intrigued as to where that could take us. Um, and then the other one is, is Netflix. Um, now, I'm not necessarily going to produce a documentary and put it on Netflix, but... Uh, you know, this sort of um, pay-on-demand type of um, streaming, you know, video content is is probably one to watch. Maybe not for solopreneurs necessarily, and this is maybe for people with a bigger budget, but I think it takes us down the a pathway of how, how people are consuming content. It's in different ways and different platforms. Definitely, and it's, and it's on demand. It's like only... So it's, it always makes me chuckle because my parents... Still, if we go around to their house um, on a Sunday, we will be kind of encouraged to leave <laughs> before 9pm because my mum will want to watch something at, you know, at X time. And it's like, but mum, um, it's on an iPlayer. So you don't need to do that anymore. You, know, you can watch it whenever you like. No, it's like she still has those kind of fixtures, TV fixtures, uh, whereas you know, for us, those those days are gone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could add in things like you know, very specialised stuff like TED talks or producing a course on Udemy, and you know, those sorts of content platforms as well. But maybe that's taking it to not a one hundred and one level, but a one one hundred and two level. Um, so, which kind of does bring me back round full circle to. Um, <clears throat> so the other day, I'm going to just share this with you. I've been so I, t I did tell you that I've been trying to do more video content. Yeah, um, and that's been going for a little while now, and I've got some good people who can help make the make the videos look half decent, um, mm. which is which is fabulous. Um, so sometimes you do need a bit of support behind you if you're not that technical yourself. Uh, I think you do a lot of your self publishing, don't you, in terms of video? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. We're pretty self-sufficient. I, I probably need a bit more help. I'll probably be kicking you out by 9 p.m. type of. Uh, um. <laughs> so there's so there's two ways of doing it. There's doing it yourself, and, and you could probably talk about tools that you could use to do that. I tend to bring in somebody to help me do that. Um, but anyway, I'll get to my point. Uh, so there's that, and then I think the other thing is, oh yeah, I was trying to do trying to do Insta photo. What is it? Insta photo? No. Instagram, Instagram, isn't it? 
Yeah, I was just kidding. So I was trying to do more Instagram. I, I set up an Instagram account about four or five years ago and kind of there was one little, if you look at my Instagram account, you'll see that the, the original post was a video where my wife was actually videoing me trying to figure out how to log on to and use Instagram. <laughs> um, but, and then I just did, a, I, I just want to test you on this. I did a recent um, experiment. We had, we had a, a brunch on Saturday mm. and I posted a picture of our brunch on Instagram. Is, is, is that the right way of using um, this, this platform? So, uh, you know, I am, I'm not an Instagram expert because it is images and video um, primarily. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, so I've got um, a client and friend who um, is a fashion designer specializing in lingerie and um she's about to launch a new sort of coaching service actually for other people who might want to set up their own lingerie brand don't know really where to start um so for someone like her which is a you know it's a very so fashion interiors cookery those kind of things uh yeah food yeah all that kind of stuff the lifestyle stuff instagram is brilliant because those things um are very kind of photo photo and video friendly uh, and quite eye-catching um for business to business instagram is not quite so great um it's more i my gut feeling is it's more a business to consumer thing but then again if if i was someone who was targeting lifestyle entrepreneurs it could also work for me um but it's a lovely way because it's so image based of showcasing personality and also um behind the scenes and I think people love seeing the kind of process behind the scenes. And very often in, in the past, I think organisations have often been quite cagey about showcasing what goes on behind the scenes. But that's what people want to know now. Yeah. yeah who are these people making what I eat for my dinner? And how is that product made, you know, from the field to the fork or whatever so yeah from farm to fork so yeah that kind of thing i think i was kind of been a bit um facetious about my uh brunch posting um i i, I think you know people are a little bit critical of that uh, so i just did it as a laugh actually just to see what the reaction would be um as it happens what the, the most of my content so far on instagram has been has been quotations in a graphical form so <laughs> it's still wordy you know uh so i behind the scenes i'm going to take that i've got a little note there i'm going to take that away and do a bit more behind the scenes on uh, platforms such as instagram but um i kind of took you uh i asked you a question at the end but i took you away from one i wanted to get from you as we went along which was if you're doing your own content creation are there some tools that you use yeah yeah well, okay. What are the tools that you use, Helen? <laughs> I, I, so that's really funny you should say that because I was going to say um, I thought I must must say this. I keep a spreadsheet, um, and I would recommend that um, anyone who's posting on social media regularly just keeps a spreadsheet. Spend like a day at the beginning of the month creating content and planning content for the month so if you do that um you know 
just a few columns, the date, um, what type, what format the post is, is it a video or is it whatever, the kind of text that accompanies whatever it is, the channel you're going to put it on and the date it was last posted because we're hoping to repurpose it, of course. Um, also, if it ties in with any special occasions. So, you know, you, you will rapidly, if you do this, build up a suite of posts. So, you know, yes, this, this is a Halloween post or this one is, you know, relevant to Christmas or whatever it might be. And it just, there's no point in reinventing the wheel every time. So, um, so that is my top tip. Just keep a blinking spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> Great. Keep it. They call it, was it a content schedule or something? I mean, I guess that would be. Yeah, content or social media scheduler. So, um, I mean, I, I've got like the simplest thing ever and I'd be very happy to give you, um, a, you know, a copy for your, for your listeners to, to download. That sounds good. There we go. So there may be some things. Um, so I use, so I have, I have spreadsheets like you do. Um, so to track some of those uh, those shares and, and the content. Um, so do that. I, I also use a platform called Buffer. Mm. Um, so that helps to schedule uh, social media posts across multiple platforms. So you're not like dapping into Twitter, tapping into Facebook, doing it each one individually. So that's a bit of a time saver. Um, mm. So I, I did that. Um, but at the moment, so... I. I used to kind of post on like three or four channels simultaneously. Um, I'm not doing that now. I very much have chosen LinkedIn as my kind of primary social media channel. I also post on Facebook, um, but I don't, my content isn't aimed at Facebook. My content is aimed, is targeted at LinkedIn. Um, so I, the, the kind of Facebook thing is just a matter of course. And I also always now put my videos on YouTube. I've got my own YouTube channel. I do nothing to promote it whatsoever, but I was given some advice by, um, a great guy called, um, Bob Gentle, who has a, um, digital marketing uh, agency and podcast, digital marketing podcast. And he said, um, always put your videos on YouTube because it is the second biggest search engine there is. And he knows loads of people who have done that. They haven't promoted it at all. 12 to 18 months later, all of a sudden they find they've actually got YouTube following. <laughs> so that is a no brainer. Yeah. And, and so the, uh, so I was just going to say on the tool side, I think, I think if you want to record something on your screen, um, you probably use a tool there, do you? Um, or do you just go straight from the video and upload it? Um, I, I, it's now, well, I have done some like Facebook live, um, videos, but I just usually use the uh, video camera on my laptop, which is pretty decent. And if, um, yeah, many of them are these days, but you know, iPhones also, um, if you've got a decent smartphone, many of them have pretty good ca uh, cameras and even editing facilities. I have not nailed editing yet. So I just, you know, I might okay. need to do two or three takes, but yeah. I'm only doing short videos, but, um, that's next on my list is to, is to nail editing and maybe get rid of some of the ums and ers and stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I use, a, I think it's called screen 
Cast-O-Matic. Um, but basically, it's a, it's a screen capturing um, piece of software. So if you're just doing straight video talking like we are, it's not necessary to do that. But if you want to share, for example, running around your laptop on a spreadsheet or something like that, then it's quite, you know, for like a training or something, it's pretty good for that purpose. Um, we're, of course, conducting this interview over Zoom. Mm. Um, so we're in very different places. So we, we're, we're using that. Um, I, I couldn't tell you about all the... Okay, sorry. And sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I, I use Zoom for coaching and I often, I can screen share very easily on that. I can record and then send my coaches uh, a recording of the call to refer to again afterwards. So it's quite useful and it's pretty cheap for that professional functionality, I think. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, well, and, and, you know, there is, there is the idea about investing in this. So there is a cost perhaps, isn't there? So you've mentioned you pay for transcription with the rev.com. You're doing short, short videos, which isn't that expensive. I'm doing, so it's, I think it's over a dollar a minute for a podcast transcription. Uh, so I'm, I'm measuring the time, Helen. I'm measuring the time. It's costing. <laughs> um, you know, there, there is. So that, I guess what I'm saying is, is um, some people just want to do everything like without paying for anything. But some of these services are not necessarily that expensive, mm-hmm. and you can get a fairly good professional-looking output while using a little bit of tech, uh, using an outsourced service. In my case, I have a virtual assistant who helps me. Uh, because my, uh, I, I got, it got to the point where there was a lot of time and energy and activity in my um, you know, content sharing activity. So that helps me a lot. And I have professional people who do the editing for my podcasts and the editing for my videos. So on, on just a, like a gig basis, you know. So do you, do you uh, use other services like that or are you personally doing it yourself? I, I'm personally doing it myself at the moment. Um, you know, yeah, Rev.com is just really good. I'm lucky that the camera on my laptop is um, is pretty good. Um, something that I use loads is Canva. Um, oh, yeah. And I've recently upgraded to the professional version, which, again, is really cheap. Um, but the free version is absolutely fine. And as the, you know, the free version of, of Zoom, the only reason I upgraded was because um, I've got a, a great new laptop, but it's got a solid state hard drive. So you can't actually keep very much on the laptop's hard drive itself. So I need to be able to record in Zoom to the cloud rather than, you know, the drive um, on my laptop. But yeah, there's there's lots, you know, so much functionality for free these days so you don't necessarily need to invest much okay so that was the uh, i think maybe drawing out some final thoughts which might not be even short but going back to where you started almost and one of the phrases you use you talked about avatars and you talked about pain points now Mm. so and i kind of jokingly said earlier about me posting a picture of my brunch so what was it uh, it was a, oh, what was it? It was um, a poached egg. Yeah. On, um, there was avocado involved. I think I saw this. But this is ringing a Say again, sorry? This is ringing a bell. And borsan. And borsan. Yeah, it was, um, we, there's a, a little cafe come restaurant near us, which is uh, very organic and 
my wife loves going there. So she, you know, every opportunity it seems we try and sneak up there. So they do this nice brunch at the weekend. So little treat, little treat. Um, but the point I'm making is, if if my uh, if my objective, for example, is to reach and connect with property investors or aspiring property investors and developers, for example, then would posting a picture on Instagram of my brunch actually be consistent with that? So what I'm really trying to say is, um, where should I have started with that type of thinking in terms of, you said avatar, and probably better define what that means, and pain points, and what is the purpose of the sharing content? We probably should have started, well, we did, we did sort of start about it, but this is really the key, isn't it, starting there? So, um, you know, an avatar is, um, in this context, we are trying to create an outline personality of your kind of ideal client. That's what it is. So we want to try and get really specific, you know, what gender are these people? How old are they? Where do they live? Are they married? Are they divorced? Do they have children? Um, what are they interested in? Um, what brands do they like? Um, what car do they drive? Um, what are their aspirations? And um, what are their pain points? And people, I think, often don't really understand what, what I mean by pain points. It just means what are the things that keep this person awake at night? So, um, you know, what are their worries, their concerns, their challenges? Um, and, you know, obviously we're thinking and then how can we help them to overcome those problems? So, yeah. And also the, it's really important to say um, don't get too hung up about this avatar thing. It doesn't mean that you that no one else that falls outside of this um, avatar will, will, you know, it doesn't mean that no one else will want to work with you. It's just, it's putting, a, this is the bullseye on the dartboard of the ideal client for us. But the people in the outer ring so okay if my, my ideal client is um is a man um aged i don't know 33 uh it doesn't mean that uh, a woman aged 33 won't work with me or or a man who's aged 54 or whatever it might be those are the other rings of the dartboard it's more so that we can focus our mind and concentrate our efforts on really targeting those perfect people for us. But it doesn't preclude others from working with us. Yeah, that's good. I mean, um, you, you know already, for example, because I've already shared it with you, that I've got more than one avatar um, overall that I'm trying to reach. But also I have more than one um, service offering. Uh, yeah. I suppose. So, um, you know, what that's part of the reason why I have more than one. But um, most, I think... Most businesses do, Richard. That's, a, that's another misconception, that there is just one. Yeah. Um, and for some people, yes, that's correct. Um, but a classic example is of um, a business that creates a product and sells direct to consumer, but also sells to wholesalers, yeah. who will then sell on to retailers. So they're, they're completely different completely yeah. different avatars so most businesses will have maybe two maybe even three avatars i've got a little bit more than that but um <laughs> so, 
Not a lot more than that, but more than that. Um, but I guess the point, uh, you know, is that uh, well, what I like about the whole avatar um, idea is it, it's basically kind of creating a persona, mm-hmm. which you can even give a name to. Yeah. Uh, and then when you're writing or creating your content, you can go, this is for, I'm just going to make it up, this is for Jackie. Yes. Um, Jackie is your avatar that represents all the things you just said. You know, wh- how old is Jackie? What, what are her interests? You know, what her pain points? What car might she drive? When you've got that in your, in your mind and you're creating the content, you're thinking, what would Jackie want to hear? right that's it and it's a and that's such an important point because one of the biggest mistakes i've just i've just done a little video series about the most common errors i come across when i'm reviewing client copy and top of the list is is not writing for your audience but effectively writing for ourselves yeah yeah might be guilty of that too but um Moving swiftly on, <laughs> actually, I'm reading this book. It's right next to me. You can see it. Um, oh, love it. Have you seen it? Ten Ways to Stay Creative in Good Times. I love it. Keep going, yes. Keep going. It's about being creative. But do you know what he says? Tell me. He says it's okay to write for yourself. Oh. Or to create. <laughs> so anyway, um, Having just destroyed your argument, but um, <laughs> but not intentionally. I think yeah. I mean, it's better that you have an idea of who you're trying to communicate to, yes. um, what you're trying to say, what sort of issues they're going to be interested in, what sorts of problems or pain points that they might face, mm. and then obviously then you and what sort of media might they consume, where do they hang out, and that you can reach them in the most appropriate way. So um, that's kind of. I don't know if you wanted to add any more to that, but. From, from a content creation, content sharing point of view, do you think that's a useful summary, perhaps? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, that I, I really want to stress that, that the avatar thing is absolutely critical. Because, and, and, you know, if you don't know who your people are, then do some research. Because so much of what we need to do to make our our content effective, engaging and relevant um, is is based on that avatar. You know, where where are you going to post your content? What the format of that content is? What are you going to say? It's all based on on the avatar and the information that you have in that. So, yeah, yeah, your tone of voice so much. So get that right spend spend some time doing that and do some research if you need to if you're unable um to you know create an avatar at the moment do you know where to go to research got any tips on that um i would just you know look it's tricky if you are um if you're a new if you're a startup it can be quite tricky to know um who your audience is if you're an existing business look at your clients um also can connect in with you know what are your goals um that's another way of working out who your avatar is what are what are your goals personally and professionally and what people do you need to be attracting to make those goals happen yeah, uh, yeah that's that would be my advice 
to, to put a spin on, just maybe draw a conclusion, but to put a spin from a property point of view. So let's say uh, it, you, know, you want to create content because you're a deal sourcer or a deal packager. Mm. So you're finding deals and you want to um, sell those deals for a fee. So yeah. for, as far as I'm concerned, there's kind of two main audiences, correct me if I'm wrong. The people that you want to you know, get the deals from mm-hmm. um, is one audience, if you like. And then the second audience is the two people you want to offer the deals to. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're completely different. Yeah. So um, it could even be that you have a different presentation or even a different plat- uh, you know, brand platform for those two um, audiences as well. Um, Absolutely right. Yeah. So that's, that may be an example of how to you know, think about creating an avatar that's relevant for, say, as a deal source or deal packager. Um, let's say that you're an, an aspiring property investor and you're looking to attract external investment. Um, so what, what would be a key character? So the avatar game here could be quite fun, couldn't it? So what, what would that avatar look like, that investor into your business? What, what are the characteristics of that individual? So, for example, they're probably not going to be poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's just an easy one, isn't it, to think about. So, in other words, if you're trying to attract – so I'm just going to play that out. If you're trying to attract external investment as a property investor, then and that's your main uh, purpose for creating and sharing content – then it, is it appropriate to share how to get started as a beginner in property type of content? Or is it more appropriate to talk about how maybe to make your funds work harder for you when you sleep type of content? Yeah, absolutely. I've got that in my mind now that perhaps they're busy, but they've got some money and they want to make better use of it, you know? Yeah. So. And you can kind of move on from that because yeah, these these people are probably not going to be really young either. So um, that they may well be people who've got children and who are thinking, I want to leave a better legacy for my family, and you know, I want my money to be working hard for me. How can I do that? So yeah, yeah, and they could have, they could be busy making that money through a, a high powered job or high pressure job, uh, a business you know, something like that. So they don't have time um, necessarily. So the, the pain point could be the legacy the um, or the lack of time, for example, mm-hmm. both probably. It could yeah. be more mature in years, um, have some funds behind them. And we can start to build this avatar now, can't we? Where, where would they hang out? Uh, they may be, a, they have sort of a, 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 a sort of a membership of a club or some description, for example. They might drive a nice car. Yeah. Um, you know, so we can start build that avatar out in that context. I just wanted to use that as a, as a particular example, which is relevant maybe to some people uh, watching and listening. Absolutely. But Helen, I, I think, you know, just in the interest of my Rev.com bill um, alone, we, yeah. we might want to think about drawing a line. I don't know if there's anything like earth shattering you wanted to add, which I'm more than willing to pay an extra dollar or two to have. No, I think so. I think we've done a pretty good job of covering uh, covering all the important bits about content uh, generation and sharing. Okay. So what I suggest is we perhaps pause it for a sec uh, in, a, in a minute. And then what I'd really like to do is to, if you're still up for this and still have time, is to flip the table around a bit and just put me in the hot seat. And I, <laughs> I'll probably get all hot and sweaty and uncomfortable as you take me through the process. <laughs> 
Um, but it, and needless to say, if people don't watch the second part, the first part, I just want to say thanks, Helen, for joining me and sharing you know, your wisdom on content creation, content sharing, making it relevant and appropriate. And if anybody wants to go through a process, perhaps, or get some tips, how could they reach you, Helen? How could they reach you? So um, LinkedIn is where I share a lot of information. Um, so um, Helen Pollock is my um, LinkedIn personal profile. Uh, and also my website is www.thecontentdoc.com. And there's some great articles there about um, how to be a better writer and that kind of thing. So yeah, that'd be great. Fantastic. All right. So hopefully people reach out to you and get some, you, I know you've got some nice um, uh, sort of thought provoking uh, giveaways. So that, you know, people should just connect with you to get those in the first instance, but, uh, and let's see where it goes from there. But thanks for joining me on part one. Um, should we take a quick pause and maybe go for part two? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. Thanks for joining me. Cheers, Helen. Well, there we go. So we had that uh, part one of our conversation. I hope you, you got some benefit and merit out of that. Um, we talked about how you could connect with Helen towards the end. So all the links that she referred to will be in the show notes for you to look up and uh, you could you know, gladly reach out to her if you, you're interested in following up in any aspect of what she spoke about or indeed us, of course, drop us a line uh, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. We'd be more than happy to share connect connections with Helen or anything else that we refer to, if you like, during the course of the show. <clears throat> the show notes are going to be over the website, thepropertyvoice.net, so you can check those out. Uh, as I mentioned, if you want to talk about anything from today's show, anything more generally about property investing, you can always connect with me directly, of course, at the uh, podcast, the propertyvoice.net email address. And um, I guess all that remains to be said right now is thanks very much for listening again this week on the Property Voice podcast. And until next time, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.